Anarchism is not bombs, disorder, or chaos. It is not robbery or murder. It is not a war of each against all. Anarchism is the very opposite of all that. Find out for yourself. Tune into Subversion One Three One Two. Live Tuesdays, nine to ten p.m. on Four Triple Z One Hundred Two Point One FM or streaming Four Triple Z dot org dot au. Podcasts and related content available at Subversion One Three One Two dot org and ChannelZeroNetwork.com. Conclusion: We stand for anarchy, anti-capitalism, anti-racism, anti-authoritarianism, internationalism, autonomy, direct democracy, ecology, self-organization, solidarity, anti-fascism, anti-neoliberalism, anti-nationalism, atheism, equality, and freedom.
Good evening. You're listening to Subversion on 312 on 4ZZZ 102.1 FM. First of all, I have to thank Marty very much for filling in for the last uh, three weeks, I, I think it was. I had to, uh, had to get whisked off to hospital and, and have a, a organ, a gallbladder removed from their body, but apparently I can live without it, so here I am still here. Uh, tonight is a sad show. Tonight, I'm paying tribute to John Baird, who was one of the original original gangster journalists here at 4ZZZ. John passed away on Sunday in China, where he had been living uh, after a short, a short illness, but he, he passed away quietly, which... As I wrote in an obituary for Facebook, is probably one of the only things he's done quietly in his life. And tonight we're going to be celebrating John and his contribution to Fortable Z. And I have a number of stories from people who were involved with John and his time here at 4ZZZ as a journalist. I'm going to start off uh, David Lennon, who was a very important part of Z as well, and he was a good friend of John's. My first contact with John Baird was at the old University of Queensland studios in the newsroom TARDIS, as it was. It's basically the same size as what the TARDIS would be if it wasn't interdimensional, possibly quite smaller, actually. Uh, he lived in London at the time, and once a week he'd phone in uh, what was then called London Line, and I'd answer the phone probably most weekends, and... Uh, push record on the old reel-to-reel um, -reel tape and he'd rave for a few minutes about what's happening in that side of the world. We'd sometimes have a quick chat. It wasn't until a couple of years later when he actually uh, came to Brisbane that I met him face-to-face -face. and we had mm, <laughs> shared interests in some ways. So it ended up being a friendship that I suppose lasted over 30 years on and off. Uh, he never really stayed in Brisbane all that long. In the last few years of his life, he, uh, he was teaching English in China. He used to come to Brisbane most years, I guess, around Christmas, and we'd catch up and... I suppose how I'd call John most animated was when he'd have when he'd be talking a good yarn, especially about Triple Z. He loved Triple Z, he loved its history, and he loved being a part of it. I'm gonna miss John dearly. Hi, oh, this is John in China. 
I'm a great fan of Triple Z. I hope you're all uh, listening and contributing to the Radiothon. And that's a, a spot I got John to, to send over from China for this year's Radiothon. And it, it, that's, I think, uh, yeah, it just shows his voice. That's like the quintessential John that, that voice and uh, yeah, supporting for Triple Z. Before that, you heard a, a dedication, a story by David Lennon. He mentioned London Line, John's reports from London. I'm going to play London Calling by The Clash and then one of those reports. Thanks for tuning in.
singing the blues. That was London Calling by The Clash, playing that appropriately because we're about to play one of John Baird's reports from London. We're going back to the 80s, maybe 86, 87. And this is John Baird reporting from London. And some of the issues here are eerily reminiscent of current Times. Hello, I'm John Baird and welcome to another London Line report. Well, the political repercussions are still being felt following last week's spectacular by-election win by the Scottish Nationalist Party. The SNP's victory in a safe Glasgow Labour seat is being heralded as the birth of a new era of Scottish nationalism. Political commentators describe the result as a disaster for the Labour Party, who have hitherto regarded Scotland as a safe bastion of anti-Thatcherism. The Scottish Nationalist Party achieved a swing of 33%, and bad a result as it was for Labour, the depth of feeling against Thatcher amongst Scots can be gauged from the fact that the Conservatives polled only 6% of the vote. Even the Green Party got more. Jim Sillers, the SNP candidate, said afterwards that the Labour Party had failed to shield Scotland from the worst aspects of Thatcherism, and that as, as he considered England irredeemably Tory, an independent Scotland was the only solution to the problems caused by Conservative policies north of the border. Meanwhile, Margaret Thatcher returned to London after two days in Washington, calling up Ronald Reagan's bottom. Chestnuts as Maggie telling Ronnie that he'd advanced the cause of freedom more than any president this century. Try telling that one down in Nicaragua. And Ronnie responding with lavish praise for the Prime Minister of England, as he called her, a description the Scottish Nationalist Party probably wouldn't disagree with. In other news, the annual Remembrance Day march, England's uh, equivalent of Anzac Day last weekend, was marred yet again by the spectacle of hundreds of National Front skinheads waving Union Jacks and taking over the procession. Every year, the Front used the march as a show of strength, and once again this year, ugly scenes occurred as anti-fascist demonstrators clashed with the neo-Nazis. It seems that when the march swung past the South African embassy, the National Front attacked members of the non-stop anti-apartheid picket outside. There were scores of arrests and quite a number of people were seriously injured, including police officers. The inquiry into the King's Cross underground station fire, which killed 31 people almost exactly a year ago, has released its findings. The results were a shocking indictment of safety on the world's oldest subway system and exposed a management ethos which placed profit before passenger safety. The report also condemned government financial cuts to London transport, which had resulted in compromises in safety standards. The inquiry has already resulted in the head of London transport and other senior, senior executives in resigning. However, relatives of those who died and the Labour Party have called for the resignation also of Thatcher's transport secretary. In Northern Ireland, the security forces' controversial shoot-to-kill policies, which were the subject of a wide-ranging inquiry last year, have been exposed to public scrutiny once again. An inquest has opened in Ulster into the deaths of six people shot dead by police and army units in Northern Ireland in the early 1980s. 
Already the inquest has run into trouble with legal counsel of the relatives of those who died walking out after the coroner ruled that the police involved do not have to appear in person and will remain unidentified. It's been alleged and denied by the government that the security forces in Northern Ireland operated an undercover shoot-to-kill policy which resulted in the deaths of not only IRA members but also innocent civilians. The inquest continues. While it was an expensive week in the courts for Rupert Murdoch's gutter rag, The Sun, it was forced to hand over £100,000, that's a quarter of a million Australian dollars, to the Queen after Liz took them to court for printing a private photo of Baby B. Harder to swallow for The Sun was the front page headline apology it was also forced to publish. The Sun's apologies are usually in small print on the back page. In yet, an, yet another libel case, it seems everyone is suing the Sun at the moment, the tabloid handed over £50,000 to Rolling Stone guitarist Ronnie Wood for some slight inaccuracies it printed about his private life. And finally, good news at last for community radio in Britain. After years of procrastination, the government has given the provisional green light to local community stations. Using the carrot and the stick principle, however, they've warned pirate stations that they will be ineligible for a licence if they continue broadcasting. And most pirate stations have now shut down transmission in anticipation of the licence hearings. The authorities here, however, are still very concerned about the possibility of community radio stirring up political passions. There we go. And hopefully community radio is still stirring up community passions uh, as as we speak. And especially here at 4 Z, we have a lot to thank John for, for the fact that we can still do that. My name is Linda. I'm here tonight and to, doing a tribute show to John Baird, who, which I not only was one of the original journalists at 4 Z, but was involved... Well, I mean, I'm actually going to play some clips that are from just last year when he was back in Australia and he he was involved in the 80s and the 90s and then since then, since sort of 2001, he went to Asia and he still was involved with uh, any show I was doing every so often he'd, he'd do a a story, a few stories about what, what was going on in Asia, in China or Taiwan at first. Tonight I've got some guests that I'm very, I'm very happy to have here. John's brother Jamie. Thank G'day. you, thank G'day you for, Z. thank you for joining me. Uh, a long-time friend Ben. Evening. And Joshua. There you go. Nef- nephew. nephew. Yeah. Hopefully we'll, we'll get some stories out of them soon, but it's time, time to play some music. John was right into music, and he loved the jam, so we're going to play That's Entertainment.
You just heard from Pete Shelley and Homo Sapien, and before that, you bo- uh, heard the jam. That's entertainment, and I played those two songs because John Bed, who's who are doing a tribute to tonight, uh, was a fan of both the jam, Pete Shelley, and the Buzzcocks, uh, of course, which I'll play a song of theirs too, and. Just an anecdote from when I was first in the newsroom with 4ZZZ. I, I remember that there was a Homo Sapien, there was a cover by a band Lavish, which I think is a, a local band. And uh, yeah, John, John thought that the cover was like an abomination and it should not have, yeah, it shouldn't have happened. And, and because there's this perfectly good Peach Helly cover so yeah I just wanted to mention that because John was very much into music and actually the first song I played tonight Euro Disco by Biss that song was that that song was out around then too and I remember one day John and I were John was like said oh if if uh, if if someone doesn't come and pick up the tickets that were the prize then we can go to the gig so we were hanging around waiting to see if they were going to pick it up. And they didn't, so we got to go to see Biss at the arena. Ben, Ben is here. Ben, thank you very much for coming in tonight. And you've known John since primary school or school? Yeah, yeah. I, I ran into John. I, I think he was either nine or ten, as I would have been, because we were both now 60. And uh, I think the class had six kids in it. Um, I think James's parents lived in the far-flung suburb of Wynnum and <laughs> thought the right thing to do with Jono was to uh, send him to boarding school. <laughs> at, 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 at nine? Yeah. Whoa. Uh, they were, well, they were Scottish and yep. they would have values or whatever. And they, I mean, you know, James would, well... No, his, his dad was a hard worker, and he, what, he ran the, the Paddo Pub, and he ran the Cupro store down mm. at Wynnum. Yeah, the news agent at um, yeah, West. Yeah, news agent. And anyway, I, so John was boarding, and like that's pretty threatening because the school only started at grade five, and it was over at Leafy Tuong, you know. And John would have been just—he was small. He didn't actually grow until he got to be late teenage. He mm. shot up, but he was a really small guy, but. He was, um, his eyes as always were sharp and he could look around a room and you could just see him sizing up what's happening and who's, who's who and what's what. And you could just tell the intellect behind it. And so I honestly think the teachers were scared of him. Um, he sort <laughs> of managed to just work the room over. Um, and they, they, they gave him a lot of respect, but um, we probably both fired for getting into trouble the most. And mm-hmm. I think John won. Um, the favourite one with John getting into trouble it caused your parents to come in to be brought into school was he, he wrote a play and uh, the, the themes of it were just unbelievable for a 12 year old it was, it was just I reckon it should have been published it was that good <laughs> but it was one of the, the lines I can remember the headmaster absolutely berating him in an assembly in front of everybody was because they used the Bible collections from the school to make have a bonfire on the beach, and it, it uh, they 
ran against a certain <laughs> principle uh, there as being the most sacrilegious thing possible. Mm. And it was just the funniest line, the way mm. he put it far more elo- eloquently than what I'm saying now. He just put it in it. In, in, and unsurprisingly, in that school, John became, he got the English prize and uh, was uh, just uh, did the English essay of the year for the big competition in year 12. So um, okay, it, was, it was amazing he lasted as long as he did <laughs> for that many years. Mm. I think he did get expelled in the last week or something like that, but they sort of let him sort of sneak in with his score. Mm. But yeah, so that were my really early memories is, is knowing a really extraordinary guy. Um, those early years, and we're talking about, wow, 1968 or something like that. Mm. Thanks very much, Ben, for sharing that. And I've got a few other stories from people to share. I'm going to play one that is from Peter Kropotkin. It's a pseudonym. And he's known John for a very long time uh, with his involvement with Triple Z and the prisoners show. It's 20 minutes to 10 o'clock. Привет, товарищи. It's Peter Kropotkin here. I'm here to say dasvidaniya to John Baird, uh, a, a fellow traveller, a sympathiser, kind of a comrade. I remember John from the prisoners' show days, and I know he was instrumental in setting up, in fact, the prisoners' action group. Uh, and he did a lot of good work for that uh, very trying issue, I know, from personal experience. And indeed, I remember John doing the interview over the road, over the walls, uh, Bogger Road during the Bogger Road riots. Uh, so, the brightest candles sometimes burn the briefest, and but we will we will remember him. Good on you, John.
Hi, Steve Stockwell here. Long-time Triple Z devotee, sometime station worker, sometime volunteer. I was around in the early 80s when John Baird turned up fresh from his interaction with the Queensland justice system, and he was a force for good in the station. His enthusiasm was really obvious to all, and he was very keen to get the prisoner program out on a regular basis and on time. But as a general journo, he had such great vision and enthusiasm for his work. It was a time when the Bjorki Peterson jackboot was still firmly on people's necks and he didn't care a damn about the dangers that he put himself in in pursuit of a good story and getting it across to the audience. What a great bloke. It's a pity that he's passed away so early. We all benefited from him being on... Hi Linda, hi everybody. My name's Heather and I'm speaking to you from Adelaide. I used to volunteer at 4ZZZ from the early 90s up until about five years ago when I moved down here. Uh, I have so many memories of John that involve the newsroom and one of I think one of my first memories is is being um very enthusiastically encouraged to do an interview for the news department and um and really just John not taking no for an for an answer which uh, I really appreciate now I um I didn't imagine that I'd get involved as much as I have in 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 news in in radio journalism I, I now I, now I teach it but um it really was John John Baird and Jim Beatson who got me completely involved in the Four Triple Z newsroom in the value of alternative community news and especially about being able to use that role of a journalist as a political tool. Uh, I learnt so much about prison advocacy from John Baird. His stories from the Bogger Road days um, were always always such um, interesting stories to hear. And um, and yeah, the other the other thing that I think about whenever I think of John is going to the CJC to lodge our formal complaint about police brutality um, at the uh, Cybernana Market Day police riots in 1996 and there was a small group of us and I think that it was myself, John Baird, Brendan Greenhill and I'm thinking Tony Knipe but I'm not 100% sure. All I know is that when we got there we were supposed to all walk in together to present this formal complaint which um, Donna Williamson's name was on as well um, but for some reason once we got there everyone else realised that there was a potential for them to have a warrant out for their arrest because of some recent political action and John deciding that I was the only clean skin amongst them and that therefore I should go in by myself to lodge the formal complaint and basically being ushered out the door as the only person that wasn't potentially going to get arrested as soon as they walked into the building. Um, so <laughs> that's, um, that's a memory that I, I, that 
is as clear now um, as it was in 1996. Not everyone in the car, but John being insistent that this is something that I needed to do on behalf of everybody else. And um, John seemed to do that a lot in the time that I knew him. He very often convinced me that I was the right person to do something and um, I really appreciate that because I'm just not quite sure if I would have gotten so involved in the 4ZZZ newsroom and so involved as use, you know, using journalism as an activist tool if it hadn't been for his influence. So um, my heart goes out to everyone who's grieving at the moment. The world is different without John here and um, and I, I feel quite privileged to have been asked to share my memories and stories of John um, with you. So thank you for that, Linda, and um, my love to everybody. It's 10 to 10. You're listening to 4ZZZ 102.1 FM, in particular Subversion 1312, and that's something I remember John saying very professionally when on the air he'd say you're listening to for triple z in particular brisbane and beyond it's always stuck in my head we just heard a number of stories there by people who knew john and with all of us will will miss him as well it is 10 minutes as i said 10 minutes to 10 o'clock we've got uh uh, another story to read out from John Tracy, who used to do the Prisoner Show. Very someone that uh, took over the Prisoner Show a while after John left, but he has a story to read about John and his involvement in the Prisoner Show and the Studying the Prisoners Action Group. Just going to play a song though by the animals, and it's called We've Got to Get Out of This Place. In this dirty old part of the city, when the sun refused to shine, people tell me there ain't no use in trying. You're so young and pretty And one thing I know is true You'll be dead before your time is due I know
We've got to get out of this place, and that was a request for Ursula, and uh, she's also requested a song for Ben. Happens here in the studio, so I'll be playing that soon. We have a message now from John Tracy, who was involved with the Prisoner Show for a long time, and uh, yeah, even actually, even in the late nineties, when I was with John in the newsroom, we used to fill in for John Tracy. When I was with John Baird, we used to fill in with for John Tracy on the Prisoner Show. Hey, I'm John's brother, James. Uh, pleasure to be here in the studio where John worked with uh, my son and uh, good friend, Benny Wilson. Here's John Tracy remembering John Baird. I first met John in the early 80s at the pickets outside Bogger Road in support of the prisoners riding inside. He and Mike Kennedy had recently been released after serving sentences in Bogger Road and on their release they began campaigning in support of the prisoners. They formed the Prisoners Action Group with Jeff Arafula and other people whose names I can't remember. Most prisoners want nothing to do with prison politics when they're released. They try to pull, put all that behind them. But John and Mike were different. They took up the prisoners' struggle on the outside. As a, as a direct result of John, one of the demands of the rioting prisoners was the right to listen to 4ZZZ. During the riots, the prisoners and even some of the screws would contact John and Mike, who would then broadcast what was going on in the prisoners, including when the shit was hitting the fan. Triple Z was a providing communication within the, pr the prison, as well as broadcasting the prisoners' perspective to the outside world. Triple Z became the contact point for the mainstream media to report what was going on during the riots. With John Baird and Mike Kennedy being the main news sources, the Prisoners Action Group ended up having a great impact on the Kennedy inquiry into prisoners and the very significant reforms of the Queensland prison system that came from it. The reforms lasted about a decade before they were undone or ignored and the prisoners' system returned to its default mode of total dehumanisation. 
the brief period of change and the relaxation of pressure in the prison system that did occur, including the right to listen to Triple Z, which still exists today, could not and would not have happened if not for John. It would have all been swept under the carpet like all the previous rights if it weren't not for Triple Z. I have already read people's comments about how good a journalist John was, and he certainly was that, but his advocacy for prisoners' rights went way beyond journalism. John was a troublemaker and an operator. He was a political networker, and he used Triple Z to enable and empower the network. Journalism was just one of John's talents, and those who knew John couldn't help but remember him. He was an unforgettable kind of guy. Those who did not know him should also remember him because he's a historic hero in the overlapping stories of Triple Z and the struggle of Queensland prisoners. John Tracy, Prisoner's Show, 1989 to 2000. Thanks very much for that, Jamie. And that, that's all the um, stories... Tonight, thanks very much to everyone who contributed and uh, I just I wanted to end the show. I said that I had some um, some clips from when John was back in Australia at the beginning of last year and one of the things that, that happened is that John comes in and he's like or like uh, boisterous and and uh, he, doing the show, and then right at the end, he wanted us to play. He wanted us to play Dead Kennedys Holiday in Cambodia, and uh, so that's that's what this is. He's talking about that, but uh, then what happened is the Colonel, who does who did the Nothing But the Blues show, who always did a great show and was particularly had to be on time but anyway he um he faded down and cut off a holiday in Cambodia <laughs> John was John was outraged <laughs> it was all it was all good the next week the, the next week everything was everything was fine but at that particular time John was like <laughs> why did you do that yeah yeah so uh, no one was harmed in that incident, but um, yeah, it was a bit funny. So uh, to to end tonight, we'll I'll play that and with John saying goodbye, and then I'll, I'll play "Ever Fallen Ever Fallen in Love" by the Buzzcocks. Um, thanks very much for for listening tonight for for tuning in. This will be available online on the Fortable Z website and I'll also be podcasting it at subversion at one three one two dot O R G so everyone can listen back later. Thanks very much, Joshua, Ben no and Jamie. Good to go. For to go. coming in. Anyway, um one last thing we um on China. Happy year of the rooster, is it? Yeah, I think it is, yep. Happy rooster. year of the rooster. Xinyang Kuai Le is Chinese for Happy New Year. Good. So um Oh yeah, you do speak Mandarin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> see you guys, see you next week. See you later. Bye bye. Thank you for listening.
The battle lasted more than an hour. On one side, scores of police armed with batons and riot shields. On the other, hundreds of concert goers running to get out of the rain, swept up in a storm of violence. Police tried to break those scuffles up and uh, then the crowd turned on police and it escalated from there. Even with the public safety response team already there, police called for reinforcements. It was answered by a pair of military police, the first time the army's been called in to help police since raids on a hippie commune 20 years ago. The army says they did nothing. Civil libertarians are outraged. There is a constitutional bar to military police being involved in any state policing issue right around the country. I saw uh, police on horseback trampling young girls into the mud. I saw police with batons and shields battening and hitting, hitting young people to the ground. And in the wash-up, concert organisers are furious. They say the police came looking for trouble surrounding the park before the riot began. Given that there was some trouble, and in fact a rape and, uh, and a death at the same festival last year, uh, police were better off being prepared. Shane Doherty, 7 Nightly News. This isn't the first Triple Z concert that's degenerated into violence. There's a history of friction between the independent radio station and police. Organisers say last night was nothing more than police payback. Maybe from time to time we get up the nose of the Queensland Police Force in the issues that we do cover. What would you expect them to say? I mean, they're not going to praise police because their concert got ruined both by rain and by the riotous behaviour of a small group of people they fail to control. Today, the job of cleaning up the park as concert organisers consider a formal complaint to the CJC, a move backed by Queensland's Council for Civil Liberties. Chris Wordsworth, National 9 News. There are calls for a federal inquiry into a riot in Brisbane last night, during which 90 people were arrested. Police say they were pelted with cans, but people attending the outdoor concert claim officers used brutal and unnecessary force. And there are questions over the involvement of several military police officers in the melee. The nine-hour music festival started at midday. Police at the inner city park had arrested more than 30 people on various charges, including drug offences. But when a violent storm hit Brisbane around 8.30 last night, concert goers and officers clashed. The crowd started sheltering from the very heavy torrential downpour in whatever shelter they could gain, and the Queensland Police Force decided to move them out of Musgrave Park absolutely immediately, without any warning, and use the most brutal and over-the-top methods. Organisers claimed some people were trampled into the ground under the police horses. <laughs> Judge's gavel fell. Jury found him guilty. Even 16 years in hell. It's just after nine o'clock. Hi, I'm John Baird. Welcome to 4 Z's Thursday night special. This week we present a program which is possibly one of the more controversial in Triple Z's nine years of broadcasting, and one which has recently won the Public Broadcasting Association of Australia's award for Best Current Affairs Program. The material contained in the program is a coverage of the unprecedented uprising by prisoners at Brisbane's maximum security Bogger Road Jail last November.
shock development today. The 4ZZZ newsroom announced that it would be organising a fundraising benefit to buy much-needed equipment, including a phone recorder machine. The Queensland State Government immediately denounced the event as a criminal conspiracy aimed at subverting the very fabric of Queensland society. The Premier said he wouldn't stand for it and would be looking at having it banned. Well, I personally will veto any such gathering, any such inquiry, and if I can't see my own way or my own way and get that done, I will personally show up at that particular venue that we are to try to stop the horse, you people getting together and having our own way and having free speech, which we will try to stamp out. It's believed the event, to be called the Reporters Ring-In, will be held at the Majestic Hotel this Saturday night. Other entertainment will be provided by Ups and Downs and a Triple Z DJ. Cost for the evening will be $15, including food. So, join the party. Check out Subversion 1312 online. Subversion1312.org Facebook.com forward slash sub anarchy show. On Twitter, anarchy underscore show. And on the 4ZZZ website, 4ZZZ.org.au. violence can be even even applied to the natural environment because we rely upon the natural environment for our survival but inanimate objects especially those that are man-made and are used to destroy life I don't think you can be violent too I think it's a lot of times more violent to allow them to exist
itself Every fire needs a little bit of help Nothing ever burns down by itself Every fire needs a little bit of help